0: going on his own, he gets
1: the try The Red 78 so We're both Munster people gets over the
0: line. Try Nobody knows monster Rugby better
1: Hello and welcome along, I'm Alan Quinlan And you're listening to episode 56 of the Red 78 Here on the Rugby Channel And with me as always is Neve Briggs How was your weekend, Neve?
0: Good, Quinny, and yours? Lovely Very tan nice. tight on you Tell the Very listeners nice. where you were Tell us but, where you were
1: I was in sunny Tipperary Get away
0: out of it I got
1: a lovely tan there um, so, had you match the weekend?
0: Uh we did. Yeah, we said we were straight back into it this weekend uh, with the All Ireland Cup. So we played Galwegians on Saturday back to Galway um, after last weekend. I uh, made a good win, and then we had a couple of girls involved in that uh, combined provinces team for the Celtic Cup, and they got a win over in Wales. So good win all round. Good weekend all round.
1: Yeah, very good. Birds uh, won as well,
0: which is and Munster, of course, which is why we're here.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Uh,
0: how
1: did Liverpool get on? Liverpool, I don't think they were playing it the Bright,
0: weekend. Brighton are a good side, aren't they?
1: Or oh, where had they a match the weekend? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's get back to the rugby now and the wine soccer. <laughs> um Bennett's on 30, Munster 40. Uh must win game. They're all must-win games in the league, given the start Munster had to the season in, in the league. Um positive uh result, very positive result, bonus point win, but some issues. Uh, namely defensively we'll get into that in a little bit um, I put a tweet out yesterday um, as always we want the fans to be involved so uh, I have to kind of pinch myself week after week here the last 10 weeks it's been uh, very positive 7 wins uh, from 10 matches in this really difficult probably the most difficult block of the season um, going right back to that, that Connacht League game uh, Munster have played 10 games and they've won seven, lost two. Two of those were to Toulouse, and one to Leinster. So there's no shame in that. Um, lots of progress being made. Um, we keep saying it; Munster are a good side to watch now, and the way they play, they, they seem to be causing a lot of problems for the opposition. But again, what's the the fans' view on this?
0: Yeah, I think it's hugely positive. To be fair, uh, Dave Parks, a massive five five points on the road. A ropey start with some defensive errors to work on for Munster, but they hit their straps and it was such an entertaining game. Dekatoa is settling in now. Patterson was great once again. John Hodna put in an absolutely super performance. Desmond O'Sullivan, a mass performance on the road, defensive bit ropey, but we recovered. Mass a few weeks ahead, but we look much better as a group on the field. Catch, pass, and offloads were exceptional. Joe, a highly entertaining game, but Dennis Leamy won't be too happy. Gradually creeping up the table, though. Next few URC games, very important in terms of keeping the winning habit going is heading to South Africa, where the last couple won't be easy. And Martin Brommel, what a day for UCC, first and foremost, with that back row. Points must be flowing in the clubhouse. Soft defence at times, slow start, but massive to get five points in the road. This team is evolving and learning with every game. Eleanor Flynn, Catch and pass, top class offloads and tip on passes executed very confidently. Some real dominant tackles too. Our nine and twelve both serve a mention for commitment to work rate. Munster improving all the time. Donika, um, Munster a completely different side in attack to the start of the season. Their attack got them out of a hole. Think they think they lose that game at the start of the year. Interesting. We've often said so we said that over the last. 10 games after me when they've won games that they've struggled in parts so we said they wouldn't have won her at the start so it's great. Um, Tom Lonergan massive five points on the road against the team above us we were caught out by their speed in the first 15 minutes we played a quarter of the game with 14 men but we still dug in and matched them for the rest of the game intensity confidence and monster dog continues to grow Starman hardness. Simon uh, took 30 minutes for things to click which was annoying given we had a lot of the regulars John Hodden, Patterson and Salanoa all had great games. Bring on the Ospreys. John Thuy, inside defence at fought for the first two tries. Too much separation between defenders. Ben was very good. Joey had a mixed game. Again, winning, scoring, six tries is always good. Running, returning players got valuable game time. All enjoyable watch for all except Leamy. Fourth is still possible. Uh, Cooper Lynch. See, this, I completely agree with this. Start of this tweet, right? Bennett are on the rise, even with their internationals away. This was an impressive five-point win. Lacked a bit of awareness in the centre defensively, partly due to some clever blocking around the edge of the rucks. Hodnett, Patterson and Kandelin stood out for me. I, I, th- I don't think people are giving uh, Bennett on their due. Like, they are electric off counter-attack. They're really good in unstructured play. And I heard a really good interesting comment the other day. I think it could have been from Murray maybe, Murray Kinsla, in relation to the strength and depth would embed it on now. So, you know, if the South African players, frontline players have gone away, then they become a much different side. I think Benetton, even like, they had 20 players gone to the Italian um, national team. They still look such, like, such a good team. I don't think we're giving them their due either. I think that this was a really good performance for Munster.
1: Yeah, they are a strong side. If you look, if you look through the the Benetton side, um, lots away, but, uh they still have lots of um lots of internationals. The Argentinian Lucid was playing, Tete Chaparro, uh C. O'Malley the hooker. Um, he's played super rugby. Pasquale, the tight end, he's an international as well. Uh Pettinelli in the back row. Um Henry Time Towers, he's a he's a very good New Zealander as well. So they right,
0: um, I said, yeah.
1: Yeah, Umanga at out-half, um, you know, plenty of Mark, Marco Zanon, he's an internationally outside centre, Mendy, international as well, and Rhino-Smith, so lots of players you can name there that are very strong. Yeah, so um, good. Their, their position in the league indicates, yes, they've won seven, lost five, and they're a very, very dangerous side. I think in some ways, and the scoreline reflects this, the attack from both sides, was it was a very open game. Uh, it was always going to be probably a high scoring game, which in the end we got. Um so there was it was a very, very open game. And again, I think the you know it's it's obviously the result is a very positive one. Um the start of the game was a problem. Um for them scoring two tries early on, bit of a shock for Munster. There was a big crowd there. There's a bit of excitement behind Benetton as well. Um for the response and the reaction was 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 very impressive. But Someone mentioned one of the tweeters there that uh, Dennis Sleamy wouldn't be too pleased. And yeah, we'll get into the stats and facts yeah. and, the, and in, of the okay. game. But
0: Just have a couple um, more here for you. Uh, pizza time guy. Would love to see Sal Noah in a green short shirt before too long. Probably won't be till after the World Cup. But really like the look of this guy. when free from injury and could thrive further under Farrell. Perhaps a capture in the World Cup warm-up so the USA don't come knocking. Paul, although Hodnick served man the match, I thought and really put him about himself. was brilliant, disjointed at the start, understandable as a lot hadn't played together before. Thankfully, he sorted it out. Hodnick, to me, is perhaps benefiting the most with Munster's new game. Um, with, sorry, with Munster's new game. And Fitzgerald feel that the criticism um, of Joey is unfair. Maybe his issue is that he just didn't show emotion, fill all sorts of gaps when we had yellow cards, so that might mean he's a better F-15 than 10. Divided, it uh, looked almost ready for the next step up. Some power and speed for his size. Salano's best performance. Not a perfect Munster game, but we're finding many different ways to win and the attack is really starting to come together. We need to cut out the penalties and the carrots. Big five points on the board. Defense shaky at times, but again, some fantastic attacking play, which we love to see and hopefully can get used to seeing unfair criticism of Joey at the moment who I thought had a great game of ball in hand we know he can kick so back so back him to come right um, and uh, just one came in on YouTube from Jerry Connolly we need to clone Crowley currently our best 10, 12 and 15 would they not let him kick Joey has enough on his plate also it's tough blaming Joey for the missed kicks when the missed tackles for the try so a lot of love for Joey um, and rightly so so um, yeah, that they're kind of mostly we have one more that I want to talk to you about, Quinny, once the um once the we talk about this game in relation to um Tom logan uh, emailed in um from a point of view of the um of, the, about about Wales, but we can we can chat about that in a second. Just in relation to this game. Look, we finished up chatting about Joey there in relation to the tweets. What what's your thought process?
1: Um, it's a bit of a chaotic game. I think he was very uh, looked very good at times, looked a little bit. He does he doesn't look himself all the time. Let's be honest yeah. about that. Um, I think there's a certain amount of pressure, probably extra scrutiny in, on him. Um, I think he showed some wonderful touches um, on many occasions throughout the game. Obviously he had to move to full back then, looked very comfortable, relaxed there. Um, so look, it's, uh, it's a tricky one. I think the perception there at the moment and he's, he's got to battle through this, this kind of period. I still think he's a lot of quality. I think his confidence is obviously dented a little bit as well. So still a very, very important player. And I think, um, you know, he will respond from this. He's quiet. And I, I think someone made a point there about him not being very animated and um, showing a lot of emotion. Or He's not that type of guy that maybe we think he's a bit standoffish at times, but he's still a wonderful player and he's still very, very important. And he showed his quality on a number of occasions in that match. But
0: um, Yeah, I, I agree. I think... I, I still think, uh, and I know I've been, I've been beating this run for as long as I can remember, I still think 15 is his best position because he doesn't um, need the temperament or need to be barking at people. He need to come out of his shell too much. He can just play his own type of game in terms of more space and freedom to run. And um, and he sees things wonderfully well. Like, um, I thought he played really well when he went 15 at the beginning. Um, so, yeah, look, I think... I do think that we're, you know, I actually was delighted to see so many tweets there from fans talking about backing him because um, I do think the criticism or the the glare or spotlight has been a little bit unjust. You know, he's obviously going through a tough enough time himself in relation to not being above the Six Nations. But I just I 100% believe if he continues to truck through this there'll be a place for him. His uber versatility versatile, that versatility will hopefully get him on a plane to, to France for the World Cup and, Considering if you know if he keeps going well, um. So yeah, look, just you'd like to see him go look like put a smile on his face and look like he's enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I think he 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 looked happy after the match anyway. He posted a did. Post of the picture with Ben Healy, and I think look, he's just got to relax, try and enjoy it, and I think he's as I said, he's there's competition there now, there's pressure on him, yeah, um, and I think this will be a good thing for him. Um, any more tweets or is that it?
0: No, I have one though that's completely separate to Munster. Um, Tom Lundgren, um emailed into uh, the Rugby Channel at BauerMedia.ie and said, "I saw this and although not Munster specific, it's certainly URC related, and there may be a bigger future picture here for the game." I remember Quinny asking, "What's going on in Welsh rugby?" Some months back, will the Re- will the Re- Welsh regions be forced to accept transfer fees for their top players in order to survive? Indeed, will transfer fees become the future of rugby finances, like we have in soccer? I'm sure the money men on the board would hope so. When there is a chance of a money earner, if it gets introduced, like it or dislike it, all the clubs, provinces and regions will want a slice of the action. So this is on the back of obviously Wales, it came out during the week, that, last week that... Um, all the players contracted, like the essentially contracted players and to the regions and stuff, their their contracts are up at the end of the World Cup and everything will have to be renego- renegotiated due to their financial issues. So the top earner will only more than like, I say only, I'm very aware it's a lot of money to a lot of people, but in terms of professional sports, they're looking at like, so the top Welsh international will own will will probably only earn around £240,000 to pounds um, which isn't a lot, but that's the financial pressure.
1: They put a cap on it.
0: They put a cap on it because of um, because it just came out of Wales online. Now, it could be, I don't know how true it is, but that's what came out last week. They put a cap on it because of their financial issues and they're looking to go into three regions instead of four. So, um, I suppose Tom is asking, you know, if it's a case that are we going to go down the road of a soccer type of... Um, probably mantra in relation to money for 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 transfers, considering that we had a kind of a suckerish type of managerial exodus there not so long ago with Eddie Jones and and, and this kind of stuff. So it'd be interesting to see what happens.
1: The, the only way that will happen is if players move in contract from yeah. if one of the Irish provinces was signing a player who's contracted in the UK or France or somebody else and they have to pay compensation or a transfer fee or whatever but I I, I don't think there's enough money in the game for that to happen where you go and buy players it's it's more of a compensation thing if a player is contracted but
0: I'd imagine um, we can watch that space space anyway because obviously Welsh rugby disarray off the pitch and hopefully um, it won't be as bad on it yeah for sure
1: (laughs) Um, we mentioned there the block of matches we'll just we'll, we'll have a quick review back there's actually eleven matches. I said ten, if you include South Africa, South Africa but yeah. from the twenty sixth to November, which is really after the um the the November internationals, that, that block of uh, of matches and then Munster had all their internationals available for Edinburgh away in Edinburgh the following Friday night. But um just from the weekend, obviously uh, really, really important. Munster up to six now in the league on thirty seven points. They've gone three points ahead of Bennett. Um, the Sharks are in eight. They've two games in hand. They're on 33 points. So you'd imagine that they're going to possibly, uh, you know, with their games in hand, they could go up ahead and get up to potentially 40, 41 points. Who knows? But Munster in the right area, anyway. Uh, yeah. Looking up as opposed to the uh, when, you know, at one stage, I think Monster were down 14th. Um, so they've moved in the right direction. The performance in the weekend, vital. Mentally, uh, a big boost for the players as well. I mentioned the reaction, um, you know, to concede early on. The way the players responded. So there's lots of positives. Just we, we 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 just touch on some of the negatives. Where do Munster need to be better? Is it that starting point? Um, there was uh, miss tackles were 24, very very high number of miss tackles. Um, so where where do they need to be better and what kind of things do they need to work on going forward
0: yeah look it's funny I think it's because they've gone out of this very condensed getting off the line as quickly as they can and almost they're getting they're concentrating so hard on that in relation to the defensive stuff that um, there's doesn't seem to be a huge amount of communication in relation to who has ball and who has what, what's around it Um but the fact that they're putting so much line speed on puts teams under pressure anyway. So they're probably getting away with more than um, than they should really in terms of their their tackle deck. I think a lot of issues in relation to the hunt. So I thought this weekend around the the rock, they didn't they left a lot of space and they didn't fold quickly enough. So the the try from I think the second try from Mendy or the third try. You know, it comes from a back, a back inside pass to Ryan Smith. I think coming on a hard line through the rock, and what's happening is is that they're they're pushing up and they're pushing out, but the foul isn't coming out quick enough from around the rock. So let, let, let's let's just
1: go through the four tries. So the first one, I think, and look. Uh, Jack O'Sullivan will know Sullivan, this himself yeah he, he, shot out of the he, line. he shoots out of the line the second
0: one sorry that's like ex- exuberant yeah. hasn't had a game in a long time wants to make an impact while the lads are away Um, and you know what I mean I, I thought he actually worked no, very hard it's, it's,
1: that. It, he'll notice this himself um, yeah, and, yeah. He, and he knew it by his reaction the way he turned around and sprinted back and tried to tackle the player who went through the, the, the gap um, yeah so Jack O'Sullivan's one, preventable, the first one. Josh Witcherly, I think, is looking out and that inside pass, the ball goes right across in front of him. I think when I was playing, I'm I'm sure it's no different now, you're trying to get your first and second defender, their first couple of steps need to be forward rather than lateral. So yeah, I think but
0: that's, now, yeah, and it's also changed. So back when we were playing, really, it was a lot of like, player focus and you're looking at what's in front of you. Now it's about being ball focused. So you've got to have and I always on the ball, especially when you're close to the ruck, so that when the ball is lifted, that gives you license to be able to get off the line. Sometimes we get very caught in terms of the movement that's in front of us, and we kind of forget where the ball is on the inside. And I just think that's kind of what happens. Yeah,
1: but I think inside defenders coming forward means that if they do a switch and somebody come, runs back in that line, that you're there, you're ahead of the outside defender, if you like, and you're there to make the tackle. I just think head down a little bit and that inside pass Um, caught them system errors I think Anton Frisch shoots out of the line for the third try Um, and again the fourth one is a similar scenario where players are shooting up and in and the pass goes over the head so I think if they look back and and if they want to get better for sure and I think this will be when they review the game with Dennis Leamy um, I think four preventable tries that's a bit of a contradiction from what we say at the start because Benetton are a good side they're a very dangerous side and they've scored a lot of tries um, this year in the league. Um, so they're a dangerous side. So, But I just think that's an area where those players, you talk about that enthusiasm with Jack O'Sullivan, who had a very good game and it was brilliant to see. He'll know sometimes that even though you want to get up and smash man and ball or make that tackle and stop the pass or the offload, you've got to make sure there's someone on the inside and outside 100%. bringing that line yeah. speed with you because really it just keeps your, the continuity of your line. Um, any other negatives uh, to areas that could be better? A little bit of control with the ball? Um,
0: yeah, I just felt a couple of times within 22, I thought they needed to be a little bit more clinical or more patient maybe as opposed to clinical. Um, but I, I, yeah, look, I thought, I just thought it was a, a cracky game in terms of um, I know they'd be very frustrated with the tries that they conceded, but I thought that they scored some exceptionally good tries themselves. And a big negative for me, and I hope it's not too serious, is Calvin Nash's injury because um, I genuinely think he's been playing really, really well. And um, the more minutes he can get at this level, the better he'll be in terms of of all those learnings. So I uh, hope he's okay.
1: <laughs> there was uh, yeah, he has a rib injury, I think. Um... Paddy Patterson scores after six minutes, so they're they're twelve nil down. I think um, Calvin Ash gets the ball on the wing, and I think the the change this week, and it was brilliant to see, is last week against Salou. He was in a similar position, and he tried to keep running and take on the defender, and uh, when there was a lot of space in behind to put in a kick or grubber, maybe one along the ground or one over the top. This week, he gets in the same position and he finds that space with a brilliant kick in behind. The ball sits up and Patterson's on his shoulder. So that would indicate that, you know, he's looked at this with Mike Prendergast and he's learned that sometimes there is a bit of space in behind and and putting the ball in behind there. He did brilliantly and he has done very well. We mentioned Jack O'Sullivan. Um, He scores a brilliant try on 30 minutes. Uh, John Hodnett breaks through a tackle, but... um, Jack Sullivan is there on the shoulder. And I think that's, that's, it um, was full of energy. Right after half time, John Hodnett again, who was outstanding, um, scores another try on 42. John Klein, 49. And then it was a bit ropey, wasn't it? Because Benetton came back. It was 28, 23. Munster's discipline let them down a little bit. And I think that's something that um, Graham Rountree mentioned immediately afterwards. So, Again, it's another negative. Just panicking a little bit when um, when the pressure comes on. And I, look, Ben Healy's one. I don't know if he touches it. Um, there's an argument out there that he didn't touch it, that it hit the player's shoulder. He ends up in the sin bin. Okay, it's one that... It's difficult. I think Demond yeah. Barnes' one, again, he will be realised that that is, is, is a really stupid one because you're... You're off your feet. He's trying to hit the scrum half's hands. He does, but he's off his feet. You can do that if you're standing and if you're in over the middle of the rook, and you're and you're on your feet. Um so it was ropey enough there until Anton Frisch scored the try. And I thought, you know, Paddy Patterson's kick out of defense, the chase, the turnover, and the reaction then was straight away attack, offload, keep the ball alive, good carries. You know, Roman Salanoa had a brilliant that carry footwork. for 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 John Boy. Klein's try, Ken Dellen mm. had a brilliant try carry as well. But the Anton Frisch one, Joey Carberry scrum half gives it to Ben Healy and the cross field kick. That's awareness and that's looking up and that's good communication. So they're real positives there. And then Joey Carberry scores on the seventy six minutes. So to score six tries, it is a big positive. The negatives we think uh, defensively need to be better. Um And you can argue and say, well, look, it was that kind of a game and say, well, it do- doesn't really matter. But I mean, it's learning for the players when they're in that situation again, in a really tight game. You know, when they play Ospreys, um, Scarlet's Glasgow in the next block of matches, next three games, you know, it might be t- tighter situation. You can't give up soft tries like that. Um Good animation, good organisation, and an attack from Osprey from from Benetton, But Munster just needed to be better. And obviously, the big uh, positives were, you know, the six tries they scored. Uh, Just on the stats, twelve offloads again. Um, It shows and indicates that where they're going, this team and what their their mentality is. Twenty three defenders beaten, eight clean line breaks, which is again superb number. Benetton had 12. shows their attack. But, um, you know, those numbers are good. Eight clean line breaks, 23 defenders beaten, and 12 offloads. Um, the missed tackles is up at 24. It's too high. Um, six turnovers, one, and 11 penalties. So there's a couple of numbers in there that, that they need to be better on. Um, but overall, I think a superb win on the road. And... As we said, they're up to seventh in the in the league, which is uh no sorry, excuse me. I get the numbers right here. I had the league table sixth. here. They're sixth in the in the league, yeah. They're gone ahead of Benetton, three points ahead of Benetton. Um Glasgow are in fifth on thirty-nine. Uh, they have a game at hand. So that game against Glasgow um is gonna be really, really vital. Okay, so let's move on to this they're on a down week this week. Um I'm going deserved to back. after
0: the ten weeks.
1: Yeah, so the ten weeks. Let's have a quick recap of that, um, just for for I'm sure everyone is aware of it. So the twenty sixth of November, they beat M- Munster, beat Connacht twenty four seventeen. Then went away to Edinburgh, lost to Toulouse, beat Northampton away from home, lost to Leinster, and then they've a really positive run. And it just goes to show that winning Ulster, how vital it was for for. Confidence to get back on track after the disappointment to lose in the Leinster game. They beat Ulster in Belfast. Then a convincing win against the Lions. Uh, squeaky bum time a little bit <laughs> against Northampton in the second half. 24 nil up. Really good performance. A lot to take out of in Toulouse against a really powerful side. And then you know to get the win again at the weekend so yeah. i think just a recap of of the attack and the, and the change you know everybody <laughs> i meet now who talks about monsters say well they they're on the right track they're they're a better sight to look at um, they're exciting to watch um and the numbers back that up so in 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 13 league games they've 129 offloads which is Unheard of in the preju- previous regime. So they're second best in the league with offloads. And it shows a mentality. That isn't them like just firing the ball here, there and everywhere. They're creating a little bit of space. They've got better footwork into contact. They're getting their hands through. And their and they're, their mentality is to play with pace and tempo. Defenders sport
0: lines so. though. Wouldn't have happened before so if somebody gets almost every time anybody carries they're anticipating a half a break or a soft shoulder so that there's going to be somebody there close enough and if they don't get it they're there to barrel away that's, that's, that, that was definitely not there before in terms of there was always a separation between the ball carrier and the two coming afterwards so um, it's, it's the support play it's the anticipation um, they're very proactive in terms of line breaks and, and being there for an offload as opposed to reactive which was what was happening before
1: yeah. And I think it's a mental thing as well. So defenders beaten their 220 in 13 games. So they're fourth in, in, in that. So these numbers have improved dramatically in the last yeah. 11 games, going back to the South Africa game. So compared to the start of the season, which was lots of errors, lots of mistakes. Um, okay. Where they need to be better at scoring tries. They're eight 38 tries scored, um, to 11th in points scored. Um, you know, the offloads again is, is, is brilliant here, and the defenders beaten. Clean breaks could be better. We've, you know, they're 14, 57, but still um, positive numbers there. Uh, tries conceded, they're 15. So defensively, they're very strong. So they've twenty nine tries conceded, and that shows that they're they're not alone. Teams run in a lot of tries, even at the although the weekend they got four. Um, so total tackles missed. Then it's a bit of a they're second in that two forty one. So um, areas to work on really are completing tackles. I think their scramble defense and their work rate to get back. If that makes sense. So yeah. you as a coach would know if you're missing frontline tackles and people are slipping off a tackle, the work and the enthusiasm after that is really vital to stop um, the, the the line break or the missed tackle really punishing your team. So um, stuff that's improved dramatically from since the start of the season is the fitness of the team. Um, their work rate is really, really high. I think they're getting comfortable playing at a high tempo and a high pace which yeah. we, we, we spoke a lot about. Um and obviously they're getting some positive returns and results in that. So uh clinically could do with being better, but it's a really, really positive run. And it's something we have to you know, we've mentioned a lot here since we went on the podcast this morning, but it is a it was a really, really difficult run. I think they've come out the other side of it, learning a lot, growing as a team, improving so much and putting themselves in with a real shout now of uh, potentially um, you know, making the playoffs and being in Europe next year, which was looking kind of difficult uh, before November with the start. Okay, we'll move on the, the to... Big start- thing, sorry, sorry. sorry,
0: sorry, the big thing that you've just missed there in relation to their ability to be able to play this is that their fitness has improved dramatically. Like the numbers they must... I, I don't know, but I'd love to sit down with Jed or, or someone like that and talk to them about their numbers because they're high speed meters in terms of their ability to go and go again at a really good pace they they actually weren't like their shape was good for the first four or five games in terms of what they were trying to do but they just physically couldn't get around the park to make make those overlaps happen um, and I just think that from from the, since November on it's you could see it every week their ability to get back up off the ground battery players are sprinting to get open to create um, overlaps and the fact that the work rate between majority of the, the forwards, i.e. the two pods, um, they don't have to go outside 15s really, um, it allows them then to be more explosive all the time. So, yeah, I think their fitness has been it's, it's gone to the roof. I think that that's a huge help as well.
1: Yeah, and the changes in results as well, because they lost their first, out of the first seven games, they lost five of them. Yeah, um, They lost to Cardiff, lost to Connacht, lost to Leinster. Uh, lost to Ulster when I get my numbers right one, two, three, four, five yeah, five games Cardiff, Dragons, Connacht Leinster and, and Ulster in the first seven games so um, dramatic improvement and yeah. they deserve a bit of credit for that Brilliant. still lots to work on okay, let's go on to the start of the week and we've got to move on um, who would you couldn't choose? Be,
0: couldn't be anybody else <laughs>
1: Yeah, he was a player of the match as well, um, John Hodnett. Uh, 20 tackles, six defenders beaten, and two clean line breaks. So Munster had um, eight clean line breaks, and he had two of them, six defenders beaten, scores, scores a try as well.
0: He's, he's, um, he's, I saw somebody, it was the first time I went, oh God, yeah. Somebody likened him in body shape to Sean O'Brien. And I thought, oh, in terms of that power, that ability to thing, I do think though the way that so he's incredibly good over the ball. We've always known that since his, his younger days. We're now starting to see because of the way that Munster play and that 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 back row forward, that edge forward is on literally on the touchline. It allows him to be able to pick weaknesses like he's running over wingers and fullbacks that just don't want to tackle him because he's just ridiculously strong. So. Um, I think the way Munster designed the play as well um, means he's flourishing. His work rate is incredible. I have to say, I thought was excellent as well this weekend um, Yeah, the
1: back row. Someone mentioned in the tweets the three guys in the back row were, yeah. were really good. Um, Finneen Witcherly being UCC? back. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Finneen Witcherly being back is a big boost for them. Um, John Klein, again, work rate through the roof. Roman Celano, I thought, had a super, super. game. And another player I've mentioned uh, a lot is Niall Scannell. I think he's he's had a really, really, really big number of weeks uh, throughout yeah. this period. He's been very, very good. I think he's looks like he's enjoying his rugby. I know he'd love to probably get back into the Irish squad, but he's doing a lot of good work, not just I, with I the I think ball.
0: the emergence of Gamer Byron has pushed him to another level in terms of focus. That's what I don't know. I'm just from an outside looking Yeah, but um, I think
1: he he's he's um he's, he's always been
0: good, but I just feel like he's gone to another level over the last Yeah,
1: period. he's been Maybe. very good in the last period of time. Malachi Fecato was Fekitoa. good to see him getting getting good game yeah. time. Frisch had moments. Um so overall I think it was uh you know really positive and lots of big perf- performances performances from lots of players. John Hodnett is the star of the week and without doubt. Um, deserves it uh, I think he was he was outstanding and he's shown a level of consistency and maturity do you think um, do you think he's 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 capable of stepping up and playing internationally is he shown the quality and consistency 100%. he had a lot of injuries and he had a year out there a couple of seasons ago so I, I yeah I no I really
0: do I think when you look at what that backroars are I think he this like, okay. The back row. If, right if we were now,
1: doing, Neve, if we were doing, an are you watching Andy Farrell? We'd certainly be saying, "Are you watching John Andy Hodnett, Farrell?" 100. I'd say he is. Definite. To be
0: fair, I think he's um, he's exploded to the point that when everybody's back in and you have an absolute full roster of squad players to, to pick from, John Hodnett still starts in that back row for Munster, um, and you find ways to fit in uh, Pete and. Uh, Tuck Byrne and Jack Crono and anybody else, but John Hodden has to start for me. I think he's just playing too well. I think that back row Ireland obviously is the most competitive position uh, in that squad, but I do think um, we are looking at um, a point of difference after this World Cup probably where he comes in. I think he's the way that Ireland play will suit him as well down to the ground. And I know people talk about Scott Penny and Will Connors and these guys from Leinster. I just think John Hardman's a different breed to the two of them. I just think he's way more powerful. His ability so low over the ball. Excuse me, his chop technique for tackles is very uh, Tipperick esque. I think himself and Justin Tipperick are very similar in terms of when they when they make contact. So uh, yeah, I I think I'd be I'd be really surprised if he's on Captain Ireland in the next season or two.
1: Yeah, he deserves to to be mentioned in that bracket now, and you know consistency is what you want from him. But look, he looks fit. Um, looks. He's really been brilliant strong. over
0: these last ten games. Yeah, brilliant. he's been
1: brilliant. He's been brilliant. Um, really brilliant, and I think he he uh, is someone who will, um, and deserves to be talked about uh, about making that step up for Ireland. Um, and they're grabbing a couple of players, grabbing the attention. Someone mentioned Roman Salano as well. He was on that emerging tour. Anton Frisch. Um, there's a couple of them there. Shane Daly's been playing pretty well for, 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 for Munster as well. So, um, yeah, positives there for him and, uh, John Hodnett deservedly is the star of the week. Um, we've no match to look forward to, uh, bar the Ireland match. So we're not going to go in depth here because we don't know the team yet. Uh, we assume that Tig Byrne and Peter O'Mahony will start. Is there any other Munster guys? Um,
0: I think the next debate becomes between uh, Craig Casey and Conor Murray for a backup of Gibson Park. Um, I do think for this weekend, I think Ross Byrne will back up Johnny Sexton, so I think Jack Crowley will miss out there. Um, but yeah, from that point of view, I think, um, I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to see whether and 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 I think I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Farrell goes with Conor Murray only because it's over in Wales, very tough place to go to. You've obviously played there before in terms of packed stadiums. I, I haven't. But like anybody you talk to in relation to going to Six Nations Match Wales is always top of the cards because it's such a good place to go to. The atmosphere is always electric and obviously you've got the whole Gatlin factor and whether they get a bounce back from that. I just think that you're probably going to need someone to close out the game with stability and, and um, so I I wouldn't be surprised. I think... It, Craig Casey will probably a little bit disappointed, a lot disappointed, actually, um, because he's obviously had a really good few weeks. But I, I do think from a the trust factor, the money in the bank that Murray has and the ability to, be able to go and close out games for Andy Farrell in the past might um, kind of pull him into that 21 spot.
1: And, and I think it's a really... Um, I think Conor Murray's reaction to being dropped by Munster a few weeks ago has been one of... It's been positive. I oh, he, I've heard so off, many things. Off the, off he, the bench as well yeah, against Toulouse. Um, trained so.
0: really well, though. They had a non-23 training day, I heard. One of the lads tell me, and he was exceptional. Brilliant, trained really well. Really was a, a big, proper leader there. And um, so that's what you want. That's, you reward that. As a
1: coach for you, that's exactly what you want. Do you think Gavin Coombs um, gets capped? Dave Kilcoyne has come back in, shown form as well. Um, do you think I Gavin think Coombs Porter- is someone...
0: Yeah, I think the Porter thing. So if Andrew Porter is available, then um, uh, actually David McGowan could could end up being on the bench. Um, in terms, it all depends on where Keane Healy is covering. I do think, uh, or sorry, not Andrew Porter, Ty Furland, Sorry. Um, Gavin Coombs, that could be a really interesting one. I don't, I don't see them, don't see them dropping Jack Conan. To be honest, because um, I do think it'll be does he come standard. in for Italy
1: or something like that?
0: Yeah, I think he will come in. During, I definitely think he will get an opportunity during the the um, the tournament. I just think Wales too big. I think these players. No, I'm not, su- I'm not. I'm not suggesting
1: that. I'm just saying, throw. I think it'd be a shame if he goes through this tournament and doesn't get some sort of game time out on the field with a really decent Irish side I I don't think they'll there'll be some changes for the Italian game um but it's still it's in Rome so it's uh, and Italy of yeah. had some positive results you know they in November um you know beaten Wales and Cardiff last year and I think they're they're making good improvements so I'm not suggesting you make wholesale changes but I think it'd be great from from his point of view given his recent form, Given the bounce back that he's had from November that if he gets I some think games, we'll see and,
0: Jack Crowley in the round then as well. and imagine Johnny Sexton will play all five games. So I do think um it'll be a Rothburn John Jack Crowley um
1: Just but, Yeah, just finally in Ireland. Do you think they'll get a bounce back Wales from the Warren Gatlin factor? Yeah. And and will it be enough to get you know yeah, to beat uh, Ireland or will, will, I, will Ireland be good enough to win?
0: I, I, is it enough? I don't know, but they'll definitely, definitely get a bounce back. There's no way that they won't. The only thing is, is that big thing for me is that in 2019, when Gatlin was leaving, he spoke about a changing of the guard in relation to new players coming in. He's literally gone back into a squad four years later, and it's the exact same players, just four years or older. And I do think that's going, that that could be a downfall for him. I think this year he's going to have to go with those players knowing that the World Cup is eight months away or nine months, seven months away. But next year you'll be able to see more of um, a change in the guard relation to player personnel from him. But I do think, yes, I, I think we will get a bounce back. Will it be enough? I hope not.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of really good players that could play. I think, um, you know, I think Gatler, I did. <laughs> excuse me. I think... There is no doubt that Warren Gatland psychologically will try and um, get that. Uh you know, we, we we it's been well documented about um him coming out with stuff saying that we hate the Irish and they're probably one team we hate we don't like more than anyone. Um hasn't really said a lot yet this week. Um but like when you look at some of the potential players, Liam Williams, um George North, Tomkins in the centre, Josh Adams, Dan Bigger. That's a decent backline that could potentially yeah. play. Thomas Williams. Um, oh,
0: no, they're very good players. It's just whether they can get enough work done within this small time frame. I imagine they're going to get better as the tournament goes on.
1: Yeah, and Jack Morgan from the Ospreys, I think he's one to watch out for. I think, um, you know, four years ago when they won a Grand Slam over there and um, Justin Tipperick and Josh Navidi um, yeah. destroyed Ireland's breakdown. And I think that's exactly what they're going to try and do as well with Tipperick and Jack Morgan. Morgan has been brilliant for for um, the Ospreys. And of course, Faletel will probably be playing number eight. So on paper, it'll be very good Welsh side. Yeah. Um, crowd behind them. And Ireland, no better um, start for Gatland, Warren Gatland, to, to knock Ireland off their perch a little bit. So it's going to be a very difficult game. Hopefully Ireland will win, obviously. Um, we'll wait and see. Just finally, last piece before we go. Head of Rugby Operations has been announced a new role and Ian Costello has taken over that that role. Yeah. He's leaving his role as Academy Manager. So that's, they've got, Monster have got to replace him there. But yeah. um, just uh, fl- clarify the position and what it is. Is this kind of like a director of rugby or is it... This- no,
0: it's not. It's, it's Is it a manager with, of
1: all rugby operations? Yeah,
0: kind of, yeah. So a big thing that they've identified within Munster is that there is not enough stability in terms of pathway, academy, um, uh, senior group in terms of player identification. So that's what is going to do. He's going to offer long-term stability um, and strategic development of the pathway the whole way through. Um, and it's also probably... And a more stable and consistent base around decision making that both him and Graham Rouncey can do together in relation to the recruitment and the retention and succession planning, which is huge. We've not had that for a very long time. The big thing for me, and this is what the one thing I worried was worried about, because um, I and I, had to, I actually rang him to ask him this because. He's been life changing for, for me in terms of my coaching, but also for loads of coaches within the Munster setup in terms of the domestic game and opportunities to have a look into the high performance pathway. And um so he's literally going to align rugby within Munster from top to bottom, from pathways through to through to the senior team and the coach development, best practices within coaches. So like, you know, I hope they won't mind me saying this, but last Wednesday we sat down with my friend he brought us all in to talk about Munster's attack philosophy and, but it was more about not what they're doing but how he gets the best out of players and, and what he does to be able to do to, to be able to improve their catch pass their decision making their offload and stuff like that that's never happened in Munster until he's come in so while he's done it as an academy manager he took on the coach development role and the pathways um, by himself because he just wanted to make sure this is probably like, something
1: we've heard a lot from oh, crying out for it. But yeah. from Leinster, that oh, these yeah. pathways and these connections yeah. around game plans, the schools trying to play, and getting some tips and 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 uh, off coaches like that. Is this is, the school system comes up a lot in Monster? Is it is, will it be will his role be trying to align them and trying to get a better oh, connection sure and yeah, manage? Yeah, I'm sure that there'll be no doubt well. there'll be,
0: yeah, I'm sure there's no doubt there'll be clubs or schools, clubs and schools to be fair. So, we can't afford, schools, yeah. we can't afford just to minimize it to the schools. So, yeah, look, I'm actually so excited for him. I'm a little bit disappointed because I felt like he was about to take he was doing unbelievable work in that academy, and you could see it when the likes of Ruan Quinn comes into the academy and plays with the seniors, They're, it's already their, you know what I mean, he has them ready and primed for it, so um, but they'll obviously tender that out and I've no doubt what comes in will be brilliant, but from an overall structure within Munster Rugby I just think it's the most astute um, uh, appointment I just think it's really, really good and it'll be interesting to see how it goes um, we hope he was brilliant obviously but um, I think it's something that Munster badly needed
1: yeah, I think a plan, a structure, implement it, uh, analyze it and try and find best, best practices all the way through because, um, you know, uh, it's really vital period um, and not just with the senior team. Hopefully people are more positive and enthusiastic, but it's really vital with all those kind of structures behind the scene. That they're um, really looked at and 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 trying to find ways of of bringing more players through, getting your recruitment right, um, having a plan for a couple of years down the line. So we wish Ian Castle very f- well. Yeah. Um, your We're job now is to ask him will he come on the podcast with us in the next week or two and and oh I'll do that and uh, see if he'll come and talk to us and
0: really follow well, out there, not, I'm sure he'll be
1: listening. Not just talk to us, talk to the monster fans really yeah. that's what we want yeah, and we more- um, I'm sure he's he's going to do some press on it anyway but it'd be lovely to have a chat with him we wish him well in that uh, we also um, just before we finish RG Snyman is. Uh, we're seeing more and more positive pictures more and more positive news about his training um, hopefully he keeps on track and we see Munster's next block of matches they don't play for the guts of three weeks now so they play Ospreys Scarlets and Glasgow at home three must win games then they're away to South Africa for, for Sharks and Stormers in the league. Obviously, they're going to South Africa twice to play their own 16 games. So um, a little bit of um, room for them to breed in the next couple of weeks, which is no harm because I think they've been stretched to the bare bones. Hopefully, they can get some of the other players back from in, uh, injury and really have a crackdown at the end of the season. But you know, the, if they win the next three games, which are three home games, and they've got a target, um I think they will make the knockout stages and be in Europe, and then maybe there will be a little bit pressure, a little bit of pressure off, and uh, we can all forget about the poor start to the season because we've con- see, see, we've we've seen consistent consistent progress, which I think Monster fans are really pleased and happy about. So that's it for episode fifty six of the Red Seventy Eight. Make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week. Just search for the Red Seventy Eight. And press subscribe and don't forget to get in touch with us. Uh, you can send both Neve and I a tweet, or you can tweet the rugby channel at rugby channel 15 or send us an email at the rugby channel at bowermedia.ie. And uh, that's it for this week. Thanks again, Neve. We've no match to analyse next week, but um, we'll have a look at the Ireland match. Anyway. No monster match to analyse, but we we'll look at the, the Ireland game. And uh, so that's it. Take care and thanks again. Thanks.
0: Thanks a minute. The Red Seventy eight with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.
1: I'd like to think I know a lot.